It's Friday, October 25th, 2019. And from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. The Great Allegheny Passage, also known as The Gap, is a 150-mile trail route linking Pittsburgh with Cumberland, Maryland. Along the way, it passes through some of the most scenic countryside and affords access to some of the most breathtaking vistas that southwestern Pennsylvania has to offer. For those reasons and others, the Gap is already well-known to cyclists who come from all over the world to ride it. But lately, it's becoming a must-visit destination for runners, too. That's thanks in no small part to the Gap Relay, launched in 2018 by P3R, the organization behind the Pittsburgh Marathon. Well, this year, P3R made history again, and happy to say Peck was part of it. As an official sponsor of the Gap Relay in 2019, we worked along with race organizers to calculate and offset carbon emissions generated during the day-and-a-half-long event. That makes the Gap Relay the very first carbon-neutral trail relay race in the U.S. The relay is co-hosted by and benefits the local trail groups that make up the Allegheny Trail Alliance. Well, in a few minutes, we'll learn more about the alliance and its role in the Gap Relay from Executive Director Brian Perry. That's coming up on this episode. But first, a bit more background on the event itself in conversation with the CEO of race organizer P3R, Troy Schooley. I sat down with Troy just ahead of the event earlier this month. Troy, welcome to Pennsylvania Legacies. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Josh. Tell me about P3R as an organization. I think if people know the name, it's for the Pittsburgh Marathon, but that's really just one of of many events that you do. Right, yeah. Uh, P3R does several events throughout the year, obviously the marathon being our showcase event, but um, we have several fall events. Um, You know, our mission is to get people to move. Uh, What we've seen throughout the years is more and more people become – they fall in love with running, and and we have a great kids program. So we take that throughout the year with all of our events, and, and we're up to 14 total events now that we do throughout the year. And the one we're here to talk about today is the Great Allegheny Passage Relay. Put this in a context for me. This is kind of a trend in the running world now, the trail relay thing. It is, yeah. I mean, when we started looking at this probably three years ago, we knew that the Ragnar Relay was like the premier series around the country. And everybody says, why don't you do a Ragnar? Why don't you do a Ragnar? Looking at it logistically, it's it's tough. It's, I, I should say, a nightmare. But um it's really growing in the running community. People want a bigger challenge. So they might do a 5K. They might do a half marathon. They're like, I want to run more. I want to run more. So, you know, we launched this last year, had over 50 teams. We continue to grow it, continue to really focus on the running community and what they want. Um, and last year was a great success, and we're super excited for this year. Why the Great Allegheny Passage as a venue for this? It's in our backyard. It, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It might be one of the most beautiful trails in the country, not just our region. And I think that um, a lot of our runners didn't know about it, re- really. It was kind of like a hidden gem. And we wanted to showcase it. Uh, you know, we obviously partnered with uh, ATA, which is Allegheny Trail Alliance. And we wanted to put more of a focus. Runners might have ran on the Gap Trail not knowing they were on the Gap Trail. So what we wanted to do is really showcase the Gap Trail, showcase this beauty, um, not just in the fall when we have our event, but throughout the year. You can cycle on it. You can run. You can walk. It's just a great place to get to, and it's very convenient for, for southwestern Pennsylvanians. So for people that haven't participated in one of these, can you kind of describe how a trail relay works? Yeah, so for this one, you start in Cumberland, Maryland. It's a 150-mile it's a relay, start in Cumberland, end in Pittsburgh. But throughout the course of the 150 miles, there's different stops. On this relay, we have 24 different stops that the teams go from one stop to another, and a runner kind of hands off like a relay to the next runner. 
this year we have teams of eight, six, and four. So it gives the people that want the extra mileage for you know the four teamers, the people that don't want as much mileage, uh, the eight teamers. But it's just a great team bonding, you know, building experience throughout. Uh, you get to see parts of Maryland, you get to see parts of you know southwestern Pennsylvania that you normally wouldn't see. And I think we're able to showcase the little towns along the course as well. That, that's what one thing that we got from our feedback last year, that a lot of people didn't know how beautiful, you know, a Frostburg, Maryland was, or a Myersdale, Pennsylvania. They've never heard of them, but they go into these little towns. They might go to the coffee shop. They might go to a restaurant. They're like, I'm going to go back. So I think it showcases that aspect of how beautiful Southwestern PA is this time of year. Well, and, you know, as an organization, PEC is involved in promoting trails and specifically building more of them, but also getting people out on the ones that are already there. And we, I mean, usually that means cyclists, right? But this is like a whole other market, I guess, or more people running trails generally. Yeah, you know, I think we're starting to see that. You know, runners, like like I said, are always looking for their next challenge. And I think trail running is a little bit unique. It's not on the streets. It's it's not like a closed course. It's out, essentially out in the wild. Um, cyclists, you know, use the gap probably more. But I think you're seeing more runners on trails. That's why you're seeing more mar- ultra marathons, the 100-mile marathons. They're mainly on trails because, um, frankly, from a logistic standpoint, it's easier to put people on trails as well. We don't have to shut down the streets. Um, we don't have to have, you know, medical for every barricade we have. So it's it's more of a free-flowing event, um, and, and we like it that way. It's great for the runners and great for essentially the experience. We always talk about experience and how we want the runners to have an A-plus experience. I think this gap relay gives the runners an A-plus experience because it's something that they can't experience anywhere else. Tell me a bit more about what it takes sort of operationally to pull something like this off. What are the logistics we're dealing with here? Yeah, so when we started this event, um, last year was our inaugural year. Uh, we started planning about 18 months away from the event. That's how much, uh, how many logistics go into it. And with the, the Great Allegheny Passage, there's different landowners along the way. Uh, like I talked about, there's different towns. So we're working with the, the landowners of the trails. We're working with the different towns with their EMS, their police officers. And when you're covering covering 150 miles, logistically, you're dealing with a lot of people, right? So um, it has been a challenge. However, our team loves this event because it's such an accomplishment for our team at the end of it. Just like the runners have this sense of accomplishment, our team at the end is so pumped up. They just, you know, they just went 24 hours, just like the runners. They were going from different stops to stops. So there's a lot of logistics go behind it. But the sense of accomplishment when we're done, just like the runners, we're there celebrating with them because we're like, we did it. You know, So yeah. um, it's something unique. Uh, it's not like a, a, a local 5K that we do or, or even the marathon. We, we start in Maryland, too. And we end up in, in Pittsburgh. And, and, and like I said, the sense of accomplishment is, is really great for our team. And it, it, I think it brings our team closer, too. I can certainly vouch for that. As you know, Peck fielded a team last year. It was a really great bonding experience. And it was great for Peck to be there. I mean, you guys really, you you took this event and took it to a different level from a team standpoint. I remember David cooking and, the, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like you guys really enjoyed it. And that's what our team does, too, throughout the, you know, throughout the course of the race. Getting to where, like, Peck's involvement in this year's race and the carbon offset, let's try and get a handle on what that actually means in terms of, you know, a few hundred runners, small army of staff and volunteers, local law enforcement and everybody on the ground, a lot of people, a lot of vehicles. What is the carbon footprint generally for something like this? And then how how do we go about 
addressing that. You know, the carbon footprint for something like this is pretty sustain, pretty big, pretty substantial. And um, when Peck came to us with this idea, it was a no-brainer for us. You, you know, Peck had participated last year in the event. They came to us wanting to. To, to partner, to have a bigger presence in it because they had such a great time, but they obviously saw a need for this carbon offset. And um, we started doing some digging around the country, and, and we knew how big sustainability is around the country now with different events. But what we found is that this event is probably going to be the first carbon neutral event ever on the trail systems. And I think that's, uh, that, that's tremendous. That's something that, you know, we always want to be groundbreaking at, at P3R. And I think that doing something like this and teaming with a great, you know, team like Peck is going to really push this event forward and really show people that you can get out, you can have a great event, but you can do it being very sustainable. Well, yeah, as you said, there's a growing emphasis on sustainability in the running industry. Uh, what are other organizations like yours in other cities, other regions doing along those lines? Yeah, I mean, I mean, sustainability feels like it's always been there, but over the last couple of years, it's really taken off. It's really become a buzzword um, in our industry because I think people looked at it and said, we're not very sustainable. You know, the, the Pittsburgh Marathon, we have 400,000 cups a year, you know, along with everything else that we do. However, over 90% of our waste goes to a, to a farm in Beaver County now. Um, we're very green. You know, we, we preach zero waste. And I think a lot of events around the country are starting to pick up on that. Um, and, and frankly, I think it's, it's a great marketing tool. When you have a very sustainable event, people are more willing to be, participate in your event. And, and that's, that's great. You know, um, you know we, we saw the London Marathon this year. London's a great example. You know, Two years ago, they used 700,000 water bottles on their course. Uh, this year, they had water pods, which were 100% sustainable, and they eliminated 210,000 bottles of water. So even though they still have 500,000, they're obviously working to get to a more sustainable feature for their marathon. And we do that. You know, we have, we have meetings all the time is how are we going to be more sustainable? And I think that, you know, the carbon offset of the Gap Relay Trail is a perfect example that we're going to continue to push this mission. Obviously, you guys are not new to sustainability, broadly speaking, and the industry certainly seems to be moving in that direction. But as you said, this would be the first carbon-neutral trail relay in, in the U.S. or the world? As of right now in the U.S., it potentially could be the world. You know, but our studies and our research, you know, before when we were looking into this, it's, it's definitely in the United States. And it's something that, you know, when we talk about groundbreaking, we want to be the first in. We want people to follow us as well, right? So I, I think this is a good setup. This is a good footprint for people to look that, that run these types of events and say, hey, did you see what we, the Gab Trail did? Did you see what those guys did with PEC and P3R? I think that we want people to follow us. And, and it's something that, you know, three, five years from now, if we see more of these carbon you know, neutral events, we were the starters. We were the founders of this. So can you see taking a similar approach to some of your other events? We definitely can. I think the gap is a great first, I don't want to say try because we're going to keep doing it, but I think it, we'll, we'll learn a lot from this event. This is a good event to really feel out what we can do moving forward with making things more carbon neutral. I think definitely for the marathon, we're going to start looking into this. Well, the, the event itself is sort of a bold experiment. I would think last year was so much fun, but certainly challenging. What were you expecting, I guess, first of all, going into that? And then how did how did it play out? I don't know what we were expecting. You, you know, like I said, we put 18 months into work into this event. 
However, you just never know on event day, you know, just like any of our events, you just never know what's going to happen. Weather, a massive landslide on the trail, a tree could go across the trail. So we're, we're always ready to react. The event went really well last year, though. You know, we kind of worked our way up, like I said, with our teams from Maryland to Pittsburgh. Every stop that I checked in, the staff morale was very high. They were super excited to see the runners come in. The runners were talking about their experience. You know, we learned a lot of things. You know, a, a quick story, but I got the Bruners run, which is right in the middle of Ohio Pile around 1030. And at that point, the, some runners had, had came through, and we were talking to them. And, and a lady that normally runs a 10-minute pace had just ran an 8.30. And she said, I, <laughs> I had to run fast because it was completely dark. Uh-huh. Yep. You know, so we're giving them that new experience. And she was super excited that she, you know, she was scared. Let, let's, let's be very clear. She was scared, but she was super excited about how fast she just ran the six mile, her six-mile leg. And her teammate was giving her fives and things. So – we learned a lot about not just the event, but the runners and their mentality and what they want. So I, I thought that was a cool feature throughout. There's so many stories, not just with the runners, but our staff that we were able to take away from that event and make this event better this year. I can say from experience that running five or six miles in total darkness in the rain is something I had never experienced before and something I will never forget. Right. Yeah. You know, it was 45 in rain, Josh. I mean, a lot of our events were not working in 45 in rain at all. So it was a new experience for us, too. There's some sort of adrenaline that comes out of that, though, because you know you're putting together this unbelievable thing. And you know five, ten hours from now you're going to see everybody at the finish line probably exhausted, but there's, their adrenaline is still there, and they're super excited about the accomplishment that they just you know, did. Well, we're excited about it, too. Really looking forward to it. Troy, thanks for your time today, and I, I we'll see you out there on the, on the course. Can't wait to see you. Thanks, Josh. Troy Schooley is CEO of P3R, the nonprofit organization behind the Pittsburgh Marathon and several other events, including the Gap Relay. The Great Allegheny Passage itself, of course, represents years of collective effort by community groups, government entities, businesses, and outdoor recreation advocates throughout the Gap Corridor. Obviously, the relay couldn't exist without the active support of those stakeholders, as represented by the Allegheny Trail Alliance. Brian Perry is ATA's executive director. I got a chance to speak with him, too, and started by asking how this partnership came about. P3R came to the Allegheny Trail Alliance with this great idea about using the amazing Great Allegheny Passage for a team running event. So it was their initiative, and we're delighted to host it. The ATA is the nonprofit organization whose entities have built and promote the Great Allegheny Passage. It's essentially a public asset that anyone can use for free, and One of our challenges is how to generate regular revenue streams to support trail maintenance along uh, each of the miles between Cumberland and Pittsburgh. So P3R presented us with a great opportunity to run this event, uh, give their participants a beautiful, beautiful experience, and then uh, share with us some of the proceeds from the event that we can use to support our organization and support the trail groups that are doing maintenance work along the way. What has your involvement and ATA's involvement been in the planning for this event? What do you do out there you know, on the course during the race? P3R has a great staff in place, first and foremost. So we've provided some extra services to help them meet trail town representatives and to be connected with 
the volunteers along the entire corridor, many of whom serve with local trail groups from Cumberland to Pittsburgh. We helped P3R uh, develop the different legs. We helped them consider where the exchange zones uh, ought to be. We gave them some great input, I hope, as to some of the best places to to get pictures, the best places to watch uh, friends and runners come through parts of the course. But it's really been a, a team effort to figure out all the logistics of the event, and P3R has taken the lead on that. What, like, what are some examples of things that you have to take into consideration when you're trying to figure out where the exchange zones are going to be and what, you know, how the legs are going to break down? Well, here's a funny thing. It, you can often run four or five miles more quickly on foot on the Great Allegheny Passage then your team can drive the pickup <laughs> yes. vehicle from the beginning to the end of that exchange zone. Uh, the trail runs through some rural areas where roads are windy or non-existent. So we've had to map out the course so that we could assure a runner that she would be picked up on time by her team uh, and that the team didn't take longer to cover the same uh, distance out in a vehicle. Did you put a lot of thought into uh, elevation as part of when you're calculating the mileages on paper? Some of these look very easy until you think about the actual terrain that it covers. Well, we were open and honest with P3R about the nature of the elevation gain and loss on the trail. Fortunately, it's nearly level because of uh, it being on old railroad beds. And the railroads used bridges and tunnels to go around or through the most mountainous areas. All that said, though, there is a nearly 2% gain from Cumberland up to the Eastern Continental Divide, and then about a quarter percent uh, grade back down into Pittsburgh. So when we put the legs together, it was a combination of determining how far would we ask a runner to run slightly uphill but it was tempered by the fact that there are fewer road crossings in certain areas. So we couldn't make all the uphill legs short. Some of them are of a significant enough length, and we lobbied the teams to send their strongest and most spirited runners for those more challenging sections. Long-distance trails, right, all but synonymous with cycling. People are used to experiencing. People that know the gap have ridden it or hope to, to ride it one day. Does trail running with its growing popularity figure into how you think about managing and, and marketing the gap? We definitely have a strong audience among bicycling tourists who come from all over the U.S. to ride the Great Allegheny Passage. But on a local level in small towns through which the trail runs, there are walkers and uh, fishermen and bird watchers, and dog walkers, runners, and folks with kids and strollers out there. So it's used in a variety of different ways. Most of the runners who are on the trail are going out and back, typically from uh, a vantage point, a tunnel, a bridge, a parking area, or one of the towns. But the trail, because it's non-motorized, really lends itself to this kind of long-distance running event. Uh, you can't get lost. The trail is smooth. And there are enough towns along the way that you can get your bearings and mark off the progress that you've made fairly easily. We'd like to see other events using uh, the trail in a similar sort of fashion. 
I can imagine uh, cross-country skiers uh, using part of the gap, at least the part that gets significant snowfall in the wintertime. Currently, we're, w- the trail is officially closed at night, so this particular event, the Gap Relay, has a special permit to use the trail overnight. But for other long-distance running events, it's a perfect venue. When you think about the highlights of the trail, that'll be familiar to people that have ridden it and thinking about it in that way. What will runners experience when they're out there that they'll experience differently than if they were on the saddle of a bike? How how is it different on foot? Well, the pace is different, so you will have a chance to linger a bit at some of the notable former railroad structures that uh, cause people to linger and enjoy these old rustic structures. For example, the Keystone Viaduct is a curved viaduct that is near Myersdale, Pennsylvania, and you don't quite see the end of it when you enter it. When you're riding a bike, you sort of whoosh through, but when you're running, uh, the trail sort of appears with each step that you take, making it sort of an interesting public space to run through. Or the Salisbury Viaduct, where you're 101 feet above the Castleman River. The views in every direction are marvelous. And when you're on your bike, you're usually looking just straight ahead to make sure that you're staying on your side of the trail and that you're safe. But when you're out there running, you've got a chance to pause a little bit and look in four directions and uh, just look at the views in the horizons. Um, I would say there's a third area uh, through Ohio Pile State Park, which uh, is the deepest gorge in the Commonwealth and uh, is through a canopy of beautiful, beautiful trees and cuts that um, both cyclists and runners enjoy. But when you're running, you really experience the coolness of the woods and you can hear the rapids and the whitewater on the Okegany River in a way that could get drowned out by the sound of your own pedals when you're cycling. And when you're running, you can hear owls, you can hear birds of prey, you can hear the river next to you. Uh, And certainly, uh, since you're not making as much noise as a runner, you're more likely to see a deer or a pheasant or a groundhog, uh, even birds and butterflies too. So uh, it's a beautiful way to reconnect uh, with nature on that end of the gap. Did you hear any stories from participants last year about animal encounters that were interesting? No, there was some concern that folks might run into a bear, but I think that's in the fake news category. And while there are plenty of black bear in Pennsylvania, uh, no one ran across any uh, any bears anywhere. Although I suppose that might make you run faster. It, right. That's, it, that's right. It might make you run faster than your teammate, for sure. It's a competitive edge. Following up on feedback that you've gotten, have you heard any indications, uh, any evidence, empirical or, or just anecdotal, that this is something that's going to draw more people to the region to, to experience the gap? People that have had a chance to run it, are they that much more motivated to come back and ride it or revisit some of the towns along the route? How effective is this going to be as a, an introduction to western Pennsylvania and the Laurel Highlands? Some of the feedback that we've gotten from runners and from team captains was that they'd like to spend a little bit more time in the towns. The towns themselves have public art and cafes and uh, restaurants and lodging that suit the long-distance traveler. 
Now, a, a race doesn't always allow you the opportunity to take advantage of some of those amenities. So we've encouraged runners from last year to consider coming back on their own with their families or their partners to do a ride or to do a hike overnight and really experience the trail without uh, a clock or a timer. So uh, we're hoping that they'll do that, and our organization provides not only maps but the trail guide um, book, which contains itineraries and trip planning advice uh, if you're pushing through for a multi-day trip on the Gap. One of our favorite themes at PEC is the link between outdoor recreation, trail use, and stewardship and an ethic of you know, environmental involvement. What are your thoughts on that? Does spending time on the Gap Trail or, or you know, any trail make you a better environmentalist, make you more attuned to, to the issues that an organization like PEC really cares about? Trails are, are great for your physical health and they're great for your mental health. And it's, it's our hope at the ATA that folks will experience this beautiful corridor and be more attentive to the quality of the forests around them, the quality of the water that goes by the trail in each direction, that they'll remember uh, the value of positive air quality in the region. And PEC is taking initiatives to improve the common health of our environment uh, across the entire state and in the region through which the gap goes. Uh, We're really pleased that PEC uh, is supportive of the event this year. Uh, We were delighted to have your team uh, put together uh, a cohort of runners, and uh, we're delighted that you guys are taking initiative to preserve and protect some of the best spaces uh, in the Commonwealth. Brian, thanks for coming by. Thanks, Josh. That's Brian Perry of the Allegheny Trail Alliance. You can learn more about ATA and the Great Allegheny Passage at gaptrail.org. By the way, these conversations were recorded before the Gap Relay took place. We ran it on October 11th and 12th. PEX teams finished in one piece, just under 24 hours. And a good time was had by all. No serious mishaps. We will certainly be back next year. And we'd love to see you out there. You've got about a year to put together a team. You can find out more about how to do it and get everyone signed up at gaptrailrelay.org. P3R maintains that website, and you can find their mothership site at p3r.org. And the PEC mothership on the web is at pecpa.org. There you can find out all about the work that we do in trails and outdoor recreation across the Commonwealth, how that work connects with conservation and stewardship and environmental advocacy, And, of course, you can listen to past episodes of the Pennsylvania Legacies podcast, watch videos, get caught up on news, and find out about events upcoming in your area. That's all at PECPA.org. Our Twitter feed is at PECPA, and we're on Facebook, too. Hope you'll connect with us there. And that's all for this time. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more Pennsylvania Legacies. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson, and thanks for listening. 